Good evening. It's good to have you here this evening here at Chapel Point. I'm Joel Wayne. I'm the lead pastor, and it's an honor for us to have you here this evening. Um, Whether you are a believer as Jesus Christ being the Son of God or not, I want to remind you of what was taking place and while we're here. No one can deny uh, what they did in crucifixion and executing people and hanging them from a cross. It is in our history books. It's something that several hundred years before Christ, they began. And for the Jewish person, it was something that was just unfathomable, especially. It's one of the reasons that the Romans exercised that so much because they knew that the Jews detested it so much. And so again, even if you are not someone who has accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, regardless, it is a day in which we recognize uh, horrific agony. It is a day that is incredibly messy and ugly. There's nothing pretty about this day. It's called Good Friday. Many believe the word good really also means holy in this occasion. So Holy Friday because of what really took place. And so know that um, even though in just a couple of days we're going to gather together and we are going to celebrate. Amen? We need to stop enough to reflect upon what's happening. If you've ever been here before, um, I know that I can get a bit passionate. Um, And people sometimes ask me, why do you get so passionate? The more you understand, and we're not going to ever be able to fully be there, but the more that you understand what happened today, the more passion you will have because of what happens on Sunday. And so it's a, it's a time to be broken. Dear God, I thank you. I praise you and I worship you. What you have done is beyond the imaginable. It is beyond what we can grasp. Because not only were you losing your own life, you're also taking our sin. And I thank you. God, tonight I pray that every single person in this place that we won't see the one sitting beside us. We'll simply see the cross. And that we'll know what it means. Thank you for walking to the cross. Thank you for walking to the cross. Luke chapter 23, it reads... And just a few of the verses, it says, Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with them. And then in verse 33 and following, it says, And when they came to the place that is called the skull, 
There they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Are you comfortable with the strange love of Jesus Christ? It's a pretty big question. But what I want to do is I want to go back about five days. I want us to go back to Palm Sunday. And on Palm Sunday, we know what happened. I preached on this last week. He's walking into the city, and actually he's riding into the city on a colt, right? And they're waving the palm branches. And go ahead. What are they calling out? Hosanna. And they're calling this out, and as he's coming up over the city, we know he sees everyone, and he sees the city and the vast number of people. Again, Jerusalem is literally at least four, if not five times the normal population during Passover. And so he's coming in, and he sees all these people, and he begins to weep because he knew that they didn't really know who he was. They really did not embrace him as king. Maybe as helper, but not as king. Now, it's at this point that personally I would have been like, you know what? They're not worth it, <laughs> right? They're not worth it. And so I would have turned around. But I am so grateful that Jesus, he just kept walking. He just kept going. And he goes to the temple that evening and, and there's no hoopla there. And, and so there's really nothing going on. So you know, even then, I've been like, listen, don't they know I was just ushered in as the king? And, and there's, come on, where are they? And, and so I would have just been like, forget it. I'm not doing this. But Jesus, he just kept going. Now, he did retreat that evening. He went out of the city and he went to sleep. And then he came back in the next morning. He comes into the temple and he discovers that they've taken a house of prayer, his father's house, and they've turned it into a house of blasphemy. And I don't know about you, but again, for me, I would have been like wiping my hands clean. I'd be like, I'm, no, I'm done with it. I'm, I'm not, why am I going to do all of this for them? But Jesus, he just, he just kept walking, didn't he? Even going into the temple, of course, he's with disciples. They're following him, and they see this fig tree, right? And they see the fig tree, and Jesus looks at it, and it has leaves on it, but it doesn't have any fruit. If it has leaves, it's supposed to be producing something. And that's symbolic of the people. He knew that they were claiming to have faith, but there was no fruit. And at that point, even then, I would have been like, you know what? Forget it. They claim to know who I am, but they don't know who I am. Why am I doing this? I would have turned around. I would have walked out of the city. I would have been done with it. But no, Jesus, what's he do? He just keeps walking. Later in the same week, he's, he's going and he's there in the temple and he sees these people bringing their offering. And as they're bringing the offering... He sees all these rich people coming and throwing money into the plate, and they're feeling all good about themselves. And then he sees this woman who has nothing and throws her coins into there, and he says, yes, that's what it's about. All of those people, they think that they're all wonderful and high and mighty, but that's the one who gets it. I would have been so frustrated with all those people who probably had the, the leadership positions. They probably had the authority, and yet Jesus... 
He just keeps walking through the week. I mean, it's one thing after another, and finally, it literally is the Last Supper. Jesus Christ looks at the disciples, and he invites them to go into the upper room and to share in the Last Supper. And this is when you just go, they didn't get it. Because he's coming in, and of course, he's washing feet, and he's eating with them. And here's one of the things that he's doing. He looks at the disciples that he's eating with, and he starts to call out to them. He starts to tell them everything, saying, guys, you need to know I'm about to give of my body. I'm about to shed my blood for you. In fact, it's going to be the shedding of my blood, and there is going to be a new covenant. And that's language that would have stood out for them. That's language they would say, whoa, 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 a new covenant. What? Now it's really unfolding. And then he says, but you know what? The one sitting beside me is going to betray me. And you know what they did? They skipped over all of his loss that he's about to have. As he's talking about his body that's going to be broken and his blood that's going to have to be poured out, they don't even acknowledge it. They just go, oh, no, it's not me who's going to betray you. They don't even look at the Son of God. They don't even look at Jesus Christ and being concerned for him. They just look at themselves. And I'm telling you, by this point, for me, I would have been like, I'm, no. Why am I going to do this for them? But you know what he does? He keeps walking to the cross. He just keeps walking. He just figuratively, literally, he just keeps walking to the cross. And I can't tell you the number of times I would have been done with it. I would have been done with it. But he just keeps walking. That's love. And that's why I ask, are you okay with the strangeness of the love of Jesus Christ? Because for us, it doesn't make sense. I mean, I think about it even for my kids. Right? If they just say yes to me and don't say yes, sir, I'm like, you don't get to eat today. Right? I, like, I give up. I'm like, no, you don't. Jesus just kept walking. He just kept going. There was nothing that could stop him. They gave him every reason to stop making the walk to the cross, and he wouldn't stop. I mean, it's then, it's the last, the, the disciples, they turn into a bunch of boys playing basketball, arguing over who got fouled and didn't get fouled. I mean, that's kind of what I picture. And all of a sudden, they're not even paying attention that he's standing right there, and they're ignoring him. But he just kept walking. Are you comfortable with the strangeness of the love of Jesus Christ? He just kept walking. Are you comfortable 
with the strangeness of the love of Jesus Christ. I want you to listen to this song as it's sung and reflect upon whether or not you're okay with the strangeness of his love. He just kept walking. Even uh, later that night, there he is after the Last Supper, and of course Judas betrays him for 30 silver coins. But he goes into the garden, and he's going to pray, and that place would have been pretty crowded. I mean, the city is overflowing with people, and he goes, and he tells the disciples, if you would, just stay here and pray. I mean, he just finished telling them, I'm about to give up my body. I'm about to spill my blood for a new covenant. Everything's about to change. And so he goes out to pray and he says, guys, just stay here and pray. And they can't even do that. They go to sleep. The people who know him best go to sleep on him. I would have been done. But he just keeps going. I mean, his very best friend, I think, you look at Peter, and he's like, you know, Lord, I will never deny you. And, of course, that very night, he denies him three times. I mean, if my best friend's going to deny me, I'm, I'm not going to keep making this journey. I'm not going to keep walking to the cross. You know, so many of us, we look for, re- for reasons to quit. We look for reasons to be angry at someone, to not forgive someone. We look for reasons to be resentful. We look for those things. We hold on to them. And there was nothing that could keep Jesus from walking to the cross. He just kept walking. Even when finally it's time for him to go and to be nailed to the cross, they nailed him to the cross. And one of the criminals, one on his right, one on his left, he looks at him. He says, listen, you've done nothing wrong. Save yourself. But he wouldn't do it. He just kept going. He just kept going. He kept walking. There was nothing that could stop him. It tells us in Luke 23, 39 and following, it says, One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other, other criminal rebuked the guy and said, Don't you fear God? Since you're under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he looked at Jesus. He looks at the Son of God. He says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus looks at him and says, I'll tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Even the criminal recognized it, but he just kept going. In crucifixion, it was used for traitors. It was used for slaves. It was used for the worst of criminals. It became most common. It was... 350 years before the time of Christ, Alexander the Great. It was during his time period in which it became so popular. And now, all of a sudden, it's something that Jews just absolutely detested. It tells us in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 21 that the Jews saw it as just this horrific form of death. And yet now, one of their own are going through. He just kept walking. 
He gave his life as a ransom. And when Jesus Christ gave his life as a ransom, it meant that death, it meant that sin no longer had a hold on us. And he knew that, and so he kept walking. Jesus, um, he had to carry the cross. We all have seen that before and we've read that before. And uh, it was just a couple of days ago, I, I texted Nathan um, and I said, hey, Nathan, where are you? He goes, at church. And I'm like, I just showed up and all of a sudden we're here till like 10 something at night. I was like, we got to redo everything. He goes, I'm used to it with you. Because it hit me so clearly that Jesus kept walking when I would have, I would have stopped. And I started thinking about how he kept walking in the midst of the most horrific pain you can imagine. I mean, you already know, right? I hope you know. I mean, when, when they were whipping the guy... There were bones tied to that whip so that his flesh would be ripped off of his back. And there he is carrying a cross, and I started to think about it. I was like, man, he's carrying, like, wow. Like, your, your blood is pouring out of your body and he's still having to do these very things, and they're spitting on him. He's got thorns poking into his head. It was the most horrific, ugliest, messiest day in all of humanity. And Jesus Christ could not be stopped. He kept walking all the way until the very end when it says, you know what, the darkness came over the entire land until the ninth hour. The sun stopped shining. The sun stopped shining. You know why he can make that happen? Because he created it. The sun stops shining. The temple of the curtain, uh, uh, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus calls out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus kept walking until his last breath. He just kept walking until his last breath. He kept going. He didn't stop. If that doesn't change your life, nothing will. He just kept walking. Aren't you glad he kept walking? Amen? And so tonight we're going to have an opportunity to do something. I know there's a lot of us here, and some of you are going to go, Joel, this doesn't make sense. Like, it's not logistically sound, all this. I don't care. I don't care. Shocker. This is the messiest, ugliest 
day in the history of humanity. In a moment, you're going to have an opportunity to take communion, the Lord's Supper. You don't need to be a member of this church or anything like that. It's for anybody who does profess faith in Jesus Christ. That's all we ask. And it's out in the foyer. And you're going to have an opportunity to go. You're going to just take the bread. You can go ahead and take it as soon as you go out. You're going to take the cup. And there'll be um, some elders standing out there as well as the, the, the communion on the table. You can go to the table. You can go to the people. It doesn't matter either one. If one of the guys standing there scares you, go to another guy. But you're going to go to one of those people, and you're going to go to the table, and you're going to take communion, and you're going to put it in a basket as you leave. They'll be there for you. And I'm going to invite you to, as soon as you go out the front doors of this church, this, I'm asking for everybody to do this. You're going to take a right. And we have this giant oval here at the church. And we're going to make a walk. We're going to keep walking. And we're going to walk around the entire oval. And we're going to end back right over here where we're going to conclude with a benediction and song outside. And I know some of you, some of you physically just can't do it. That's okay. We've got some chairs in the foyer. After you take communion, you can just stay right there until everybody else comes. That's more than okay. I get it. And some of you are going, I didn't wear the right shoes for that. I don't care. (laughs) Some of you are going, it's a little chilly outside. You live in Michigan. It's always chilly outside. Here's what hit me, though, is I'm I'm processing all this Wednesday night, and Nathan's going, okay, 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 and we're... We're walking through all the logistics and the details, which I love so much, and we're doing it because he just kept walking for us. And that oval is 0.4 miles, 0.4 miles, 0.4 miles. And so today, literally, I'm coming to the church early. I'm going, I can't remember. How far did Jesus Christ carry the cross? And I looked up, and it said 650 to 700 yards. You know how far that is? 0.3987 miles. We're going to keep walking because he walked for us. Like that messes with you, doesn't it? He walked the same distance carrying a cross, spilling his blood, thorns in his head, and he walked it for you. Let it break your heart. Because when it breaks your heart, your heart will leap for joy on Sunday morning. Oh, we don't deserve him. And he just keeps walking. The one image that I cannot get out of my head is when Jesus Christ is there on the cross and uh, he's hanging there and he speaks seven last words. I read some of those to you when I said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And I can't help but to, to see Jesus looking up and viewing the people who's in front of him. And uh, his friends weren't there because they left. There's his mom. 
He's left. I would have quit walking. He kept walking. And I have to think of that moment when he looks out and he's hoping to see his brothers. His heart broke because they were gone. He kept walking. He did it for us. And so today we get to walk. To take communion. And oh, this is amazing to me. To walk the same distance he walked. And I want to invite you to do it in complete silence. You don't want to be cheering. I promise you, they were, they were, the cheering they were doing was not good. They were, he was walking by. You want to make it more accurate? Walk by and let me have people standing out there to spit on you and to mock you. I want to invite you to make the journey. The neighbors may look at us and go, wow, I'm not going to that church. don't care. And then we're going to meet together right over there in the corner outside. You'll see us. We're going to have a benediction out there. And we're going to let everybody know that Jesus Christ died for us. And that we're going to be at the, we're going to be at the cross. Because we're not going away.